How Ian's doing? You're listening to episode 8 of Puckin' Dirty. My name is David Joy, and I'm the host of this pod, and I'm really grateful for you guys out there who take a listen to this hockey nonsense that I talk about here. Uh, in case you didn't figure it out already, this is a hockey podcast primarily covering, you know, the Penguins, Florida Panthers, any hockey pop culture out there. If that interests you, you should definitely check out our socials at Dirty J Hockey. Uh, we post frequently there, both on Instagram, not really so much on Twitter. I'm more of a Instagram type of guy. Uh, but yeah, how, how's it going this week? I mean, it's going pretty good for me. Uh, pretty, pretty much in like, I, I don't, I don't want to say dog days of winter here, but Towards where it starts getting really cold and you kind of start getting sick of it. Luckily, we haven't had a freeze here in Pittsburgh to yet. Um, it's pretty much been, you know, above 32 this entire you know, winter so far. But expecting that to change, you know, I'd even like that to change because I would really like to, you know, skate on the pond. You know, shout out Sean Ward. He used to, you know, get us get us all together for that. I would love to do another pond hockey uh, sesh somewhere. I was thinking maybe even North Park. There's a big ass lake there. That'll be fun. Uh, but yeah, uh, my week last week uh, wasn't so bad. Um, feels just like another day or another week in winter, though. Uh, I, I am uh, traveling next week or starting the 17th to the 22nd. Going to be going down to Florida where uh, Kai's family's from. And, you know, I have some friends there. I'm not sure if I'll be seeing them or not, but going to go celebrate some part of the holiday there. Uh, excited to really give you know kai a chance to celebrate with her family as well and you know if we get married it's going to end up being my family too so you know i i, I do want to see them uh both both her sister mom and her grandparents who you know pretty much consists of her entire family down there uh they're they're some good people uh really really love them um excited to be part of their family for a holiday for a change uh but we are coming back to your Pittsburgh for Christmas, you know, for my my family size stuff as well. So kind of like divorced children, you know, we get two Christmases, but uh, maybe a little better circumstances <laughs> than than that. Um, and without you know much further ado, I I, I do want to get into the the hockey talk here. And like last week, I, I'm gonna roll some dice and pull a hockey card from my collection and see see what we get here. So let me uh roll. I rolled okay. 25 is what I rolled. So I'm uh I'm just pulling out a card here. Uh, all right. So in in my collection card 25 here is uh William Nylander, obviously a pretty pretty elite player in in Toronto. Almost I'd say underrated because of his uh his you know compatriots there. Uh. He doesn't really get talked about as much, but he's still like a point per game in uh, elite goal scorer. I I I think he's uh maybe and that's even like top four player on on Toronto. That's like a, a star studded team uh, right now. In in 29 games played, 17 goals, 16 assists. So I mean, this guy he's a pretty legit forward, pretty legit center. I I, I remember he also plays wing, but. I remember at one point last season, I feel like for whatever reason, no one drafted him in our fantasy hockey league, and my my buddy Dunkel drafted him finally, and I don't know how because he, he, like I said, he he's an underrated guy. He's over a point per game, and 17 goals in 29 games is nothing to to snuff at there. Uh, but yeah, getting that out of the way now. Uh, to, to to more of the general uh, NHL hockey happenings here. Um, First and foremost, there was a statement from the league today regarding the salary cap. Currently, the salary cap uh, limit is $82.5 million, and the, the floor is $61 flat, uh, $61 million. And just to give a brief, like what the floor means is that you have to spend that money to field a team in the NHL. If you go under that, then you're going to have to sign someone that, you know, is more expensive and pushes you over it. And... Obviously, the limit is, you know, the limit, like as much as you can spend any 80, as much as you can spend 82 and a half million dollars. Um, and with that being said, there are dude, there are teams, you know, that are over that cap right now due to LTIR. But without really getting into the whole cap side of things, um, they 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 are increasing it. The NHL is increasing it by one million dollars, which 
almost seems a little low, but what with from what I've been hearing from like hockey heads or just GMs and you know people talking um, about the salary cap is that this year is was expected to be a low kind of bump, but after the the players are done playing the escrow from uh, the COVID shortened season, so all the money that those owners missed out on and they desperately need because they're billionaires. Yeah, the, that money that the players earned technically and the owners didn't, um, they have to pay it back. So it makes sense that this the small bump before maybe, I don't know how much, but I, I've heard it could go past $90 million in the upcoming years. And this is due to, to, to like the ESPN deal. I'm, I'm sure people have been seeing hockey more, uh, that, that advertising that comes with that. And along with the advertisements on the helmets and the jerseys, um, and – I don't know if maybe that's like taboo for some hockey fans, but I, I I'm okay with, I, I know it sounds shitty, but I, I'm okay with that. Um, just because it does bring more eyes to the league and like, it's not like the other major sports aren't doing it. So if, if hockey only does it because, you know, hockey has that tradition of just being really rigid and kind of old boys club. I, I just think there's, there, that's a bad reason or just no reason at all. And, you know, why not make the money while you can? These players can make more money. More people can watch the NHL and enjoy hockey. And, like, isn't that the goal of, you know, having a league? It's, yes, to make money, but, you know, just giving people hope and something something to cheer for in, in life. And I, I I think that's it's a good thing uh, for sure, uh, just to tie that all together, to get those ads on the jerseys and helmets. But that is part of the reason that it is getting increased. Um, obviously, there's probably a little, little more to read into it, but that that is what it is. Um, uh, next next piece of news here is uh, Brock Besser is has actually been permitted to seek out a trade for himself, so his agent might might uh, negotiate a, a deal out of uh, Vancouver. Um, I heard there was two teams so far that made an offer. It was Vancouver and the Predators. Or, I'm sorry, made an offer to Vancouver. It was the Predators and Montreal. Um, both of these teams, uh, I I could see needing an offensive touch. Um, I, with how the uh, the Predators handled their offseason, they signed Forsberg and you know they have Duchesne still a long contract. Yossi, uh, Soros, they they have a core there that I think could win. They're for some reason this season are just playing very poorly. Uh, Yossi at this point last season was probably like a point per game. And he's not, he's not at that right now. Um, I mean, obviously he could, he could get to that, but I think, you know, that's part of the reason why the team's struggling is that scoring on this team is just really, really down. Um, I'm looking at their lines right now. I see that their third line um, and fourth line aren't even in double digits and points and same with their second line. So scoring has really come uh, at a premium here, which the reason they were, you know, a successful team last year, um, they, they scored, they, they got points from, you know, Forsberg and Grunlin actually Grandlin, sorry, actually was, you know, having a better offensive season. Um, I, I, I wouldn't mind, Besser going there. I, I do think it'd be interesting to to see him in a, a Predators uniform. Uh, they don't really have the cap space, so I wonder what they would say, send back. I could see Matthias at Ekholm, uh, to be honest. He makes six uh, 6.25 mil, and really he's not a bad player. Uh, not an off, like super offensively gifted guy, but he can contribute here and there. He's a left-handed shot. And he's a defense defenseman who really is a good defenseman. I I think he's uh, one of the better on maybe the second best on their team. So with that being said, I I initially kind of thought you know Besser last week. I I thought that the return would be a player that's you know on defense and or at least a defensive minded player and uh, could contribute now. And I kind of think he kind of fits both those categories. Be interesting. I obviously am not in the GM rooms or maybe in the agent's room at this point, but we'll see. Um, Montreal, uh, I, that, that's interesting to me because um, 
I do feel like Montreal is definitely a more offensively gifted team than uh, than the Predators, at least. But I don't know if goal scoring is exactly what they need uh, from, from their guys right now. Um, I, I, I was under the you know impression that their defense and goalies kind of were their issue. Um, I mean, Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki, Kirby Doc, like they, those kids, I mean, they're good. Like, that, that is going to be your kind of core, I feel like, for the next uh, next few years, at least three or four years here. And they, they have Dadunov, who really hasn't worked out. So maybe there he he slots in the second line or first line and bumps one of those younger kids down. Um, but, but we'll see. I mean, what would the return be? I, I don't really know. Maybe they offer, like, Josh Anderson or, you know – it's it's hard for me to say maybe Edmondson Joel Edmondson but to me that's tough um I I don't feel like Montreal is would really want to give up defense um but but maybe there's a another side maybe I'm looking at this from the wrong angle maybe uh they want scoring back and maybe Hoffman's on the way to Vancouver or I I do feel like Josh Anderson could be a part of it because I I feel like that's the kind of player that uh Jim Rutherford might go for. So be interesting to see. Um, I haven't heard Penguins making an offer, and that's really because I don't believe like they really should or could. Uh, we'll get more into the Penguins, but they are on a, a six-game win streak right now. So <clears throat> um, another another little thing, another little news story here. I guess not really a news story, <clears throat> more of just something funny, but funny in a bad way. Um, Thomas Shabbat, he's he's on my fantasy team, so I kind of follow him. Uh, he plays for the Predator or Predator Senators. Um, and the other day, I, I probably a couple games by now, um, he was mad on the bench, and he like just took his his stick and baseball swung it next to him, and he hit Travis Hamonic right in the face. And it was just like the oddest thing I've ever seen <clears throat> in my life. Like, why why are you so angry on the bench, and why does your anger turn into smacking your stick on the bench like what what an odd like just process mentally i i don't really understand why like i i get if you're on the ice you know slash the board slash a a bar or something but like on the on the bench i feel like you have to be more composed you're not the only guy there you're you're, you don't want to injure your teammate because you're a jackass like uh yeah thought that was really weird um ov is now at goal uh 797 which is three short of the 800 which is a pretty huge um milestone only gordy howe and the great one wayne gretzky himself have ever eclipsed 800 uh and according to some sources i think uh gretzky said it himself he's gonna follow ov around as he gets closer to the record of 894 goals and if I if I had to give my opinion on it, I I really do hope that he breaks the uh, the goal record. Um, I think Ovi, you know, winning a cup, getting the goal record would just even more solidify his his status as a legendary goal scorer. And I'll be honest, I kind of want to see Gretzky's um, <clears throat> his his records broken. I I think it's kind of lame that there's these really really old records that are just tough to beat because the league was so different and the parody is definitely increased now. So it's, you know, harder to score back then. I mean, I, have always heard the, the analogy, Oh, it's, it's plumbers or not analogy, but story that it's plumbers that he played against. He was just scoring all over them, but congrats to Ovi would, would really, really like to see someone actually break uh, a goal scoring record or a record of Gretzky's. That's important at all. And there's my dogs freaking out. I'm going to, I'm going to pause it for a sec. So, um, yeah. So I hope Obi breaks the record. Um, Latang, he's, uh, returning to the lineup, uh, only 12 days after suffering a stroke. He only missed five games and in his return, he led the Penguins with 22 minutes, 14 seconds of ice time. He played, uh, with PO Joseph the entire time while he's on the ice and he didn't play on the top power play unit, but he did see some time with the second group and, you know, what a what a crazy 12 days, I'm sure it was, for Christopher Letang. 
to go from having a medical emergency to like playing 20 minutes of hockey and I'm I'm glad that he was cleared for his own sake. I like I said last week I think it's good for your mentals, you know, be probably really really draining and like as a person just terrible to suffer such a sad uh circumstance if he couldn't play anymore. So ha- happy for him. Um I'll talk uh I'll talk about some of the penguins more here uh including PO Joseph later on in uh the penguin segment here. Um and my last news story or interesting story of the week was uh Jack Hughes playing the longest NHL NHL shift ever, which was six minutes and two seconds. Um, Jack Hughes has really stepped stepped into his role as number one center on the the New Jersey Devils. He he leaves New Jersey with thirty three points. Um, he seems to really have taken that step forward. Like his his teammates have been quoted, and this is like Jesper Brad. I think I'm quoting here. His he's really taken a step forward and his development as a player. And they really like seeing, seeing him do better and progress. Um, he's the 2019 first overall pick. And I think he has to be the, one of the best, if not the best since, uh, Austin Matthews in 2016. Um, that's like Owen power. I think Darlene as well. Um, Lafreniere. It's like not exactly crazy, uh, drafts but definitely good players and you know jack hughes has to be one of the best if not the best out of them since matthews um <clears throat> and moving on let's let's go on to the the eastern conference here um kind of wanted to to break down you know some of the standings here in the nhl um first and foremost the eastern conference east coast beast coast they they are definitely a better a better division or conference than the west at this point um, the playoff line in the in the East here is 34 points, and I will uh, I'll, I'll I'll get into that a little bit more. Um, but I wanted to really speak about just the top teams at the at the moment here. Um, Boston, New Jersey, Toronto, even the Penguins they're they're kind of starting to pull away a little bit. I mean, obviously the teams who went on the insanely long win streaks are far ahead uh, than the Penguins. They they are both six and seven points up on the pens. Uh, but the Leafs are within range or with four points. You know, if the pens beat the Leafs, those two games, um, they definitely could have been uh, the 42 point getter. So pretty interesting here. Um, but I, the pens being on this six game win streak, I feel like it's starting to open up people's eyes. I really do think the penguins are a top team, if not the top team in the Metro. Um, yeah. I know that's a little crazy to say with how the devils are playing. Um, currently the, the playoff line, um, both the Rangers and the Islanders are in the wildcard spots for the NHL, um, which is 35 points, 34 points. Uh, this could really start getting interesting because the Metro is starting to win. Um, the Pens are on the, the six game win streak. Uh, the Devils, you know, they're obviously on top of it. The Penguins got that six game win streak and they're second in the, in the division right now. They beat Vegas, the Blues, Buffalo twice. Uh, Columbus and the, the stars. So some decent teams in there, not just all pushovers, um, but Carolina is third. They remain near the top. I mean, they have two games on hand in the pens and they actually pay the pens this week. So pretty huge game. And I'll, I'll break that down a little bit later. Um, and then the Rangers and Islanders, the Rangers are actually uh, in a four game win streak themselves. Pretty interesting. They're uh, kind of surging. Uh, seems that, they, this might be the actual Rangers that um, we've we've expected. Um, well, we will see. It's still, they have 30 games played, so they're they're still uh, they still have some more games played than even the Islanders who are right behind them. Um, so we'll see. Um, I think you know one of their issues is that they just rely way too much on their top line to score, and beyond that, it's kind of barren. Um, I don't know how good Lafreniere and Capo Caco were really supposed to be, but they really don't seem like answers to whatever question the Rangers have. Um, maybe as depth forwards, you know, there's nothing wrong with drafting a guy, I guess, first or second overall and having him just sit in your system for a long time if he functions properly. But I just feel like these guys were built as a little bit better scorers than they they put up. Um, Lafreniere has only 13 points and Caco has 10, so... 
who knows? Um, I've actually heard some criti- criticism of uh, of their coach. Oh man, their coach uh, Gerard Gerard Gallant. Uh, yeah, Gerard Gallant, who used to be a uh, Florida coach, uh, Vegas coach. But I've heard criticism of him for playing Jimmy VC ba- so much on the first line, and I feel like that's a fair criticism because he has really been bouncing around for a long time and not like bounce around like he's a scorer he was getting moved in deals he just like has never really settled anywhere and i remember when he broke into the league i i, I really wanted the pens to sign him because he, he was a hobie baker award which is like the like mvp for college hockey i think um but thought i thought he was better um definitely think it's a fair criticism of him uh but We'll see. I, I think the Rangers are interesting. I think there's more to give here. Um, I think Igor is still their best player, though, for, for sure. And not to, to be outdone themselves, but the, the Capitals are also on a four-game win streak. They're 7-2-1 and one in their last 10. This is a team I've pretty much written off, and right now they're kind of sneaking right behind the Islanders and Rangers. Maybe going a little bit under the radar. And if OE continues to score, I mean, this team's going to continue to compete. Like, there's no reason why they can't. Um, I do think injuries have completely derailed their season, so they probably should have been better. But that's really kind of conjecture and not really valid, you know. Should have, could have, would have, really. Um, oh, sorry, that was some good water. Um, the Atlantic teams here in the in the East, I, I still think, you know, the the Bruins and Maple Leafs are t- sort of separating themselves from the pack. I, I almost want to call them locked for playoffs at this point. Um, the Bruins have 45 points. Leafs have uh, 42. I, I don't want to say locked, but, like, I really – if, if I, I, I am a betting man, I would bet that these teams make playoffs. Um, not saying the odds are probably good are good in your favor right now, but they probably are a lock at this point. Um, at this point, though, I can't really see my Predators make... Or predators. What's, what's, what, why do I keep saying that? But um, I can't see my Panthers making it into the playoffs. Um, I saw a statement from their, their GM or coach that he, he still believes in this team. And I was like, dude, like, you, you're just saying that because you have to say it. Because... Um, I feel like the writing's on the wall. Um, and, and that was their, their GM. And I mean, obviously I feel like the GM would say that he has the most skin in the game in, in terms of putting a roster together. He, you know, makes the decisions um, along with other people, but he's the one saying yes to them or signing off on it. And I, I've been critical of the Panthers and it's because last season they, you know, they won the president's trophy and they set a, a franchise record for wins um, and points at 122 points in 58 wins. And at this at this point in the, in the season, they're going like 40 and 40, like basically, like nowhere close to the success that they had. And I, I'm very critical of hiring Paul Maurice. I, I just don't think he's a good coach, admittedly. And I, I think Paul Maurice kind of makes excuses where, you know, his team has been, uh, you know, lackluster in in winnipeg he he resigned he quit basically on his team and said oh they need to hear another voice they, they're just not listening and, and to me that's just like a bad attitude to invite into the locker room and i don't know if you know the team's so much bought in to what he's saying so could be why that the the panthers are just not doing well in general um and you know there, there are is some little jockeying for position here. Uh, I, I could see Detroit sneaking in, even though I'm, I'm not impressed with their play, with their consistency. But they, they are currently, uh, I think, three points, maybe two points out of a wild card spot. And you know they're pretty sneaky good. Uh, if they could win some of their their overtime losses, there, they have six of them. They, they really could be, you know, even. Past uh, past Tampa in the third wild card or third spot in the Atlantic, so definitely uh, an interesting you know th- interesting spot there. Um, but you know I really wanted to, to focus on 
the the Western Conference more, because um, I think there's a little bit more going on on there. Um, I think there really is only one top team pulling away, and that's Vegas. Um, otherwise, it's a it's a pretty big logjam, and I feel like there's a, a few reasons for that. Um, while there there's no guarantees of like who's going to get in, who's not, but I, I think there's some good indications of who will make playoffs. Um, you know, teams like Vegas, Winnipeg, Dallas, Seattle, I think they're all strong candidates right now. Uh, they're positive and goal differential. They, they've had success the entire year at this point. So 30 games in, and it's hard to me for me to pitch a wagon to any of the other teams, just because I feel like there's some more major issues where, I mean, every team has their issues. Um, Winnipeg, Dallas, you know, those guys, uh, I think these teams have more of, of an issue. Um, I, I got so right now we got LA the Kings here 35 points in in playoff spot Minnesota right behind them uh, 32 Edmonton 32 behind uh, Minnesota Calgary is 31 and Colorado Colorado has 30. And, I mean they're, they're they're five through nine in the standings in the West right now um, Edmonton being wild card one Calgary being wild card two um, and. Really, like who who's gonna make playoffs here? Like, what do we what do we think? And I I know this might seem shocking, but I, I just because of all of the jumping, I I feel like uh, L A could be bumped out um, probably by Minnesota, maybe even by Minnesota and Edmonton uh, out of their spot right now. Uh, I could see them being even not making playoffs. I think a ne- negative goal differential and their inconsistency issues really makes it challenging for me to see them as a really big threat. I don't really think they have, you know, tough playoff style hockey either, you know? So I I just, I'm not really bought in, bought into their team, especially with their goalie issues. And Jonathan Quick is just too old to really be like a starting net miner in the NHL right now. I I think he, uh, I think he should be a, a good backup. I just don't think he should be, uh, a starting NHL goalie. Um, but we'll, we'll see. Um, I, I think, uh, Minnesota has their own issues and some of those issues are just, they're underachieving. I feel like their, their team's better than they really are showing on the ice. Um, Capril is really, Capril Kapritsov. He, he has really been taking off this year. Once again, I mean, if you if you followed hockey last year, if you followed it really closely and watched uh, the the Wild, you you would have seen him in his skill, and he's a good player, um, really good player. Reminds me of, of Panarin. I mean, really, um, maybe a little bit better of a goal scorer. Um, but yeah, I, I I just feel like you know they've really underachieved as a team, and having Ryan Reeves on your team, I feel like is just like. Just why? Like he doesn't he doesn't play very much. So what what's even the point of having like this goon? And I was always I was critical of the Pens when they acquired him. It's just like why? Like you have Moose, you have Marcus Felino. Like he he's supposed to be uh like the same you know kind of kind of player. Um, and this is maybe a, a setup for you know. Brock Besser, I don't know. I, like, I could definitely see the Wild trying to make a push here, maybe moving Felino, because I mean, Reeves is a cheaper option of a goon than Felino, and uh, I mean, they have you know some scoring in Matt Boldy and uh, Eric Erickson Eck, but like they they really need help there. Uh, I I don't think that they're a, a a playoff team with how they're configured right now. I mean. Maybe if they start actually achieving what was I initially thought they were, but right now I feel like they could easily go on a bad, bad losing streak here and and you know get right out of playoffs. Especially Flurry's uh, poor p- play recently; he's not been looking as good as he once was. So that's tough for me to watch, to be honest. Um, uh, but moving on to you know Edmonton, I, I think their issue is their defense and goalies are just also bad. They obviously have the elite scoring. It's just, is that elite scoring going to take off like it did last year towards the end? And they're just going to carry them to the, the playoffs. We'll, we'll see. I mean, to be determined, 
but I do I would have them as one of my uh, wild card or better teams just because scoring you know that can win you games in in regular season but it can definitely dry up and be tougher to win in playoffs uh, and Edmonton saw that last year. Uh, Calgary's issue, I think, is their lack of scoring depth. I just losing. They lost, you know, Johnny Gaudreau and to Chuck and Uyghur is in that trade. They got Uyghur and Huberto, and Uyghur's just been like meh. He's on my fantasy team. He has like six points in thirty games. It's like shit, bro. Like, what are you doing? And Jonathan Gaudreau is also, I mean, not looking good with that contract. Like. Like to for the point total, he's only has 18 in 26 games. He had like 100 in like 20 last season or something like that. So huge drop off of his pace. Uh, in yeah, he had 115 in 80 80 games played. So a really big drop off of his pace. And they signed him pretty long term um, to a pretty long deal. So oh boy, I mean this this definitely has a potential to look really really bad i think this this contract uh if they don't get you know some scoring help like backland is is probably a second line center cadre is you know not playing as well as he did last season obviously everyone could have told you that uh Majipani is you know just not there not everything there like i feel like something's missing there um blake coleman i thought was a better player just I, I feel like their their scoring is really their issue, and maybe adding you know some scoring there could really make a change. I I just feel like you know players like Huberto, he's not used to playing with like Backlund and Toffoli, and they're good players. They're like second line, third line, no, nah, first line, second line, but definitely second line first. Um, but. They're not like the top end talent like Barkoff, you know, or uh, Anthony Duclair. Even I, I feel like Duclair has a better scoring touch than both these guys. So we'll we'll, we'll see how this this they they play off. But I do think their scoring is going to really bring them down here. And the last team in at this point, I, I almost feel like they could definitely be uh kind of like what breaks the bracket here, where teams are going to shift down because they're so far down, and that's uh, Colorado. 26 games played, 30 points, and that's pretty awful for the defending champs here. But their their issues are really the injury bug. It's what happens when you play into the summer for the NHL. And probably why I've heard rumblings of like, oh, hey, we should shorten the season by six games. Never going to happen. But that's uh, just an argument, I guess. But I, I do think I, – I, I think Colorado would make them make a move in – you know, this, this playoff race, uh, I think they would only move up. I don't think they can go any further. I think this is their floor right now. I I think they could even, you know, Minnesota's in that third central spot. I think they could push Minnesota into, um, that, that wild card slot. And that makes it even harder to get into the playoffs. Cause I do think the wild are better, at least roster makeup than the Kings and Edmonton and even Calgary. But, do they achieve those, you know, that level? I, I we'll see. They have to be determined. Uh, but I do think they could technically be the, you know, the the buster here. And I, I like I said before, I, I feel like McDavid and, and Drysaitel could definitely carry the team to the playoffs. I just, you know, address the the, the elephant in the room for them. You know, the the goaltending in in defense is bad. Like the goaltending, I I feel like. Jack Campbell can play well in front of uh, a decent defense like the Leafs. You know, they can hate, but their defense is not as awful uh, as, you know, Edmonton's is and was, you know. So definitely uh, be interesting to see. Interesting to see this playoff race. I think it's going to be closer there than it is in the East. Uh, and that, that makes for exciting hockey towards the end of the season where stuff seems to start winding down. Um and you know that's that's kind of like the playoff race for both both divisions here. Um, who? And the, the other question I think there's obviously the good and you know the playoff teams, but who who's going to get that first overall pick? And 
as of right now, I have four teams, you know, the Coyotes, the Jackets, the Blue Jackets, the Ducks, and the Blackhawks. And I feel like those four teams definitely all have a shot at it, but some more so than others. Um, right now, I would expect Anaheim or Chicago to get the first overall pick. These teams are kind of built to fail. And, you know, I don't I don't think they're going to produce a good record. And I think they're going to have the highest chance at first overall. Uh, but I think, you know, with that being said, with them being those awful teams, they're definitely going to have to make moves to acquire more draft capital. And what, what are those moves going to be, you know? Uh, for the Ducks, they have, you know, unrestricted free agents that are defensemen. And, you know, defensemen seem to fetch a pretty penny in the league. Uh, they have Klingberg, Shattenkirk, Kolkov, and, uh, oh God, Beaulieu, Beaulieu, yeah, he's a French, French-Canadian name, um, nothing that really pops off the paper or, you know, says I will be on another team this, this season, but something to track, uh, out of the, of the four, I could see Klingberg on the move for sure, he has a lot of offensive upside, and before being let go, uh, or traded actually to the Ducks. I I thought he was a good player in Dallas. I, I really didn't think he would, you know, lay such a goose egg this year. And he signed a seven million dollar deal. There's no way in hell he gets that kind of money next next uh paycheck. So maybe the team that he, you know, gets traded to, if he gets traded to, will also, you know, sign him to a a, a deal. Or maybe the Ducks want to keep him. Who knows? I don't know. Exactly. I, I can imagine that they're pretty disappointed in his, you know, offensive output. Um, on, on the Ducks as well, I'd like to see John Gibson get traded to a contender, but he has $6.4 million deal for five years. And given his, you know, average, above average numbers for the last few years, who knows if the teams are going to take a chance on that. Um, I consider him above average still, and maybe he can dip into that elite under, you know, a better coach, better system better team uh but the ducks do not uh really have that team um lastly on the ducks they they don't have another first round pick this year so you know maybe they want to acquire another pick in you know a super deep draft i, I think it, there's the incentive there I, I i do think they they should make a move personally um the blackhawks at the other on the other hand are kind of different where the ducks are a younger team already you know in that rebuild I feel like the Blackhawks, you know, only accepted their fate like this off season. Um, they still have Kane and Taves, and I feel like they they're some pretty uh, lucrative trade bait at this point. Um, as long as their you know salary cap is retained, they they both make ten and a half million. There's no way anyone can afford that right now. Um, along with Kane and Taves, uh, Dome, Max Domi and uh, Anthony Anth. Anthony I hate that name. Anthony Ciu. Anthony Ciu. Damn. Hard to say. Uh, but Anthony Anthony Ciu, they're they're all worth considering, and they're all unrestricted free agents uh, at the end of the year. The Hawks have uh, two first round picks this year and next year, so they're both Tampa's, and they they came in that Brandon Hagel trade. Um, but you know they have they have the ability to know you know there's moving parts there. Four first-round picks the next two years, that's pretty damn good. Uh, they are top 10 protected, so, like, they're not going to be lottery draft picks from Tampa, but, like, you're not really expecting that from Tampa. So I think uh, that the Hawks are in a better opportunity, you know, chance here to really uh, make a move. I don't know when they'll do it, probably towards the deadline where teams are really starting to get desperate, um, but, but we'll see. And... You know, to answer my original question here at this segment is, you know, who was going to get that first overall pick? I think the Hawks will be in the position to get it. Um, you know, maybe the best position to get the best odds, you know. Um, while the Ducks, you know, have a worse roster at this point, in my opinion, and they're a younger team. I, I mentioned, you know, the Hawks players like Domi, Kane, Taves, Anthony Ciu. I mentioned those guys, and if they are dealt, you know, the return is probably not going to be that great, seeing that they're probably going to get draft capital out of it. So if it's by trade deadline, they they make these trades, they, they could see some, you know, 
serious drop off of play, and, and they're already terrible. So it would be interesting, you know, tank. They like it would re- really be a tank uh, to trade those players, all of those players away at least. And if I'm the GM, why not at this point? Like I, I hate to say it, but the Hawks' legacy was kind of tainted by the the sexual assault uh, on a player by a coach, and maybe just cutting those ties right now would be a great way to just completely move on from that era and you know draft Connor Bedard and you know fans will forget quickly. I know that sounds terrible, but if the if the if the franchise is uh is successful, I, I you know the 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 fans will go there. It's it's as simple as that. Chicago's a big town, you know. Um, but enough about other teams. Let's, let's talk about what you came here for. Let's talk about the Penguinos. Uh, they're definitely Penguinos at this point. They've, they've won six games in a row. They are on an absolute tear right now. Uh, I would not want to, I would not want to play the Penguins right now. They, they beat starting, uh, the win streak, Vegas, Blues, Buffalo twice, CBJ, Dallas, I, I said it before, but, uh, some decent teams there besides really Columbus uh, and, you know, Buffalo, you could go either way. I feel like on a given night, they're still one of the best scoring teams. They're just terrible at playing defense. Um, but to, to really like, you know, review those games, uh, I didn't watch the game versus Columbus, uh, but I watched um, part, you know, both of the uh, Sabres games and some of the Dallas one. Um, I predicted a 4-0 win versus Columbus. I saw Columbus score the first goal, and I was like, ah, shit. I think I was recording the pod at that time. Um, Actually, I might have actually watched that one now that I think about it. Uh, But it's good to see a 4-1 win. I mean, I was expected. Like, I I just can't see uh, Columbus really beating the Pens with how their roster is right now. Um, Unless the Pens really fuck up, which they didn't, so that's good. Um, Sabres, the first game, uh, the, the Pens won 4-3 in overtime. Uh, this was an exciting game. I predicted a 5-4 game, so I'm glad to see a little bit less scoring, better defense from the Pens. Um, but it was an exciting game, and, you know, when some of the best offensive players in the league are on the ice, it's fun to watch. Um, I think this game was really highlighted by the end, which was uh, Jeff Skinner cross-checking Gensel in the face, and he didn't miss any time. So he's okay, but Jeff Skinner gave the Pens a five-minute uh, power play, and they also uh, got a three-game suspension for himself. So pretty, pretty good for the Pens. Uh, pretty good deal, I'd say, if Gensel didn't get hurt. Pens got set up. And this was as the the seconds were dying. The Pens got set up a five-minute major for the like almost the entire overtime period, and it's no surprise that they scored. I think Jeff Carter scored to uh, to beat the the Sabers there, and. Exciting. Uh, good to see. I saw that uh, Brock McGinn is starting to really score again. And, like He's just consistently scoring eight goals this season. Uh, he fits in well to the system, and I, I think he's good on our third line. I, I think him and Raquel have continued to impress me with their play. And I even saw Heinen get on that sheet, that score sheet. So good for him as well. Um Second game was it in Pittsburgh. Uh, I predicted a 3-1 win, and guess what? 3-1 win. Shocker, I know. Got to, you know, give myself a pat on the back predicting that one, right? But uh, the Pens really handled the Sabres in a different way, and it was a great sight to see, I think. Uh, the Pens really show their tenacity and drive to win, I think, in these kind of games where they limit the other team. They're playing a system hockey, and effectively and they're they're beating teams they should beat um like they really shouldn't be losing to the buffalo not not yet buffalo isn't isn't that experienced and i don't think they defend that well um and a part of the uh part of my my thinking as well is you know they play a back-to-back game you'd think the younger team would have the advantage but the pens really showed that that's not the case uh winning three to one there um the the, the captain here, Sidney Crosby, he scored uh, two goals this game, both at even strength, and he had an assist on the power play. And I, I just really think that, like, he is, like, he should be considered M- in the MVP conversation. Um, 30, 
38 points, 17 goals, 21 assists, and 29, 29 games played. And he's playing 20 minutes a night. And, yeah, there's better candidates for scoring, but I don't think there's a, a better candidate uh, for a player who's MVP to his, his team and the league. Uh, I guess we'll uh, we'll really see as maybe the season progresses here. Maybe there'll, there'll be more talking about it, but I really think it's just injustice to not talk about Sidney Crosby's uh, scoring ability and at an older age, really. And a lot of his points have come from even strength. So it's not like he's scoring power play goals where, you know, Ovi sits in his office and just claps at home. He's scoring when there's five guys out on the ice and that's not always easy for some players. Um, the, the pens played a good game. I think the Smith also played a good game on that second game. The only goal that beat him was a deflection by Peyton Kreps, which I mean, it's hard to save a deflection sometimes. Um, I, I think uh, the Pens' power play in that in that game really kind of you know started to really show what they could become. Uh, I think in the last six games they have a streak of uh, a goal scored on the power play, so they they're really starting to click there. Um, I, I think I have some power play numbers later on in my other stats category here, um, but if the Pens' power play starts to get hot. I mean, Sid could put up two points a game easily. Uh, but but moving on to, to Smith here, I, I was really kind of bearish on him. I didn't think he was a a really great backup goalie, but he's at least proven me wrong so far this season. His record looks bad, four five and one, but he has a a nine one six save percentage and a two eight six goals against, which are pretty good. Um, actually, it's a two eight goals against, not two eight six, but pretty good stats for especially for a backup goalie. Um, you like to see the success. I mean, if the pens are buying into a system that defends well, I really do think you could probably put in any goalie and he would probably play well for the pens, but that's not to discredit, uh, to Smith, but that's more to credit the penguins themselves as a team. Uh, hockey's a team game and, you know, I'm sure they'll give credit. Any, I mean, I'm sure to Smith would give credit, you know, Oh, the guys in front of me are playing better, you know? So it's, so it's a team game and I, I'd like to give everyone the credit they're due, you know? Um, the, the last game the Pens played, which was last night was the stars. And I'm actually glad that this didn't come out the way I predicted. I predicted a three, two loss, uh, Pens played a, a two, one, a dub two one dub for, for the boys. And I mean, I feel like this is like an obvious thing, but I'm happy to be wrong here. Um, the Penguins played a strong defensive game against a very good offensive team who's ranked third in goals in the league. Um, I will say there's some credit to the stars as well. They pretty much limited the pens the entire time. I did say Ottinger might be in, uh, uh, you know, steal a game, but I think Jari kind of did in, in this one. Um, he's been playing some ex- excellent hockey right now. And, you know, while he might not be as big profile or flashy as the other goalies in the league, he's putting up great numbers. 13, three and three, nine, two, zero, say percentage, two, six, eight, two, six, seven goals against. And those are, those are elite numbers. He's ranked 19 and six, uh, respectively in those stats. Um, actually I might've got that backwards. He's ranked sixth in a save percentage and ranked 19th in goals against, but goals against is kind of, you know, skewed. Um, there's, there's players that have played half of his games in the top 15. So it, I, I feel like that kind of skews it. Um, but it, it's just proving that he plays that he's playing at a level that, you know, when he's on his game, he's a top five goalie in the league. I, I, I feel like he could have his best career year this year and be great to see. Great to see. I'd love to see it. Um, but yeah, I think he really stole that, that game, um, versus the, the stars. That's like as much of a playoff game as you can get without playing the playoffs. It's a two, one win gritty 34 seconds left. Malkin scores. People are playing the system, blocking shots, really sacrificing for the team, and you like to see it, and like to see it coming out non- uninjured first off, and with a win. So, love to see it. Hopefully, the Pens can continue this kind of play throughout this week here. Um, and to get into the previews here, the Pens play three times this week, and they play one of my 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 teams here, the the Panthers, and 
if you're a usual listener of the pod, you know this is my second favorite team, but you know that I'm also immensely disappointed uh, with this team. They have not been playing up to the standard I think that's been set in the last few years. Um, the Panthers are on a streak, a better team, and they have the confidence that the Panthers don't currently possess. And, you know, with the Panthers losing their last two games, 4-1 to one and 5-2 to two to the Kraken, um, I think the Penguins will continue what they did against Dallas is just expose the Panthers' lack of depth, both scoring and defensively, and uh, let the Panthers shoot those, like, non-danger chance shots that they, they tend to shoot. Uh, I would not be surprised uh, if the, the Panthers put up 40 shots against, you know, to Smith or Jari. I, I assume Jari would play. But, <clears throat> yeah, he's definitely going to play. What am I saying? Um, But, yeah, like, I, I expect there to be a high shot counts, but I don't really expect the scoring chances to be there. Spencer Knight, who's been better of the two goalies in Florida, is is injured, and Balrowski has been playing like he's been allergic to pucks. Um. So if he's if he's in the net, I I really could see a a a five two win against the Pens, or verse for the Pens. The Penguins will win five to two. Geez, get get marbles out of my mouth here. Um, but Alex Alex Lyon is is the Knights replacement here. He's a career AHL goalie in in the NHL. He has a eight nine five save percentage, three one eight goals against. Um. Like I said, I think it'd be a disappointment if the Pens lost. Um, I think they should crush the Panthers uh, five to two. Um, moving on, uh, next game versus the Panthers. Panthers are uh, fifteen six and six. By the way, the Florida. I think I said that just fucked up. The Panthers were thirteen twelve and four. The Carolina Hurricanes are uh, fifteen six and six. I would I would really love nothing more than just to crush Carolina. Um, like a four nothing game. Um, I feel like there's some bullshit that ended the game two weeks ago. Um, uh, OT was ended by a, an obviously missed and dangerous hit. Um, and yeah, there's some blame on the Penguins for essentially giving up. I think they were more worried about you know their teammate being injured. I think it was Rust, and they were shocked that there was no call. The whole bench freaked out, and I expect this game to be similar—a uh, low tight scoring affair. But you know what? I'm I'm predicting a four-one win for the Pens. Uh, I have three one written down but you know what i'm getting the red pen out and i'm changing it to four one i'd like to see them crush the hurricanes and you know what they're gonna do it you heard it here first um but yeah i i just i just don't see carolina putting up a lot of goals and or their team is not meant to score goals it's meant to defend and i feel like the pens could definitely uh you know counter punch their 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 way to a four one game and even dominate the game. Like, they're, they're a good team right now. And I know Petrie is out uh, for a few games possibly, but I feel like next man up, and it's – they can play. Like, our defense is, has the depth this year. So, I, I feel like that's not necessarily the biggest blow right now. Um, but, yeah, I, I think a 4-1 win for the Pens uh, playing the Hurricanes. Um, next in – you know, third, third here, third last game this week uh, is against the Rangers. It'll actually be on next Tuesday. Uh, but, you know, 15, 10, 10 and 5, 35 points. Um, the Rangers are on that winning streak, four games. Uh, they they beat the Avs, the Knights, the Devils. Um, they might have started founding their identity as a team, but it's still a little bit early, I feel, maybe inconsistent. Their, their win on the Avs against the Avs might seem impressive on paper. But if you dig into the details, the Avs are filled with injuries and AHL players. So, you know, a good team should be beating the Avs, uh, maybe even by a wider margin than, you know, the Rangers did, which I think was an OT win. Um, <clears throat> I, I think the Rangers, you know, can raise their level of play when they play the Pengs. So we'll, we'll see when the Penguins play them. Uh, I, I expect a higher, you know, scoring chance, you know, dangerous uh, for goalies, exciting for us, exciting game. Um, maybe the Rangers, you know, will be a little bit more tired. They do play another game more than the Penguins this week, so maybe that's a little bit of an edge. Um, I've been impressed with the Rangers lately, so I can't see uh, a, a really high getting out of the hand scoring affair, but maybe a 4-2 win for the Pens. Yeah, sound good? 
You better believe it. Um, and yeah, that was a uh, that's that's all the teams the Pens play this week. Um, I like going a little bit back on the Rangers. I've I've mentioned their scoring is just not there beyond the first line, and I think now they're starting to break it up. Um, it'd be interesting to see if maybe they make a move for someone eventually. I can't really see them moving on from one of their early picks like Kaka or Lafreniere, but we'll see. Um, you know, maybe it's time to move one of the young guys. Like maybe it's time to actually, you know, build a better team. I'm not, I'm not sure what they're, uh, what they're exactly they're, they're going to get in return there, but we'll, we'll see. Um, moving on, you know, players to watch this week. I, I think, Jari and DeSmith are one of my uh, choices, and this might be like a little bit of a cheat here, but I feel like they're a bit playing this duo playing as one of the best duos in the NHL NHL right now. Um, they've been playing huge in net, giving the Penguins you know the chances they need to win the games they play. Um, the six game win streak is only because you know the goaltending has has been there. Um, they've only given up more than two goals twice, once to the Knights and the other to the Sabers, and there's just three goals. Uh, each of those times and they won both those games just so you know um I, I think both those teams are both in the top 10 metrics offensively so i just feel like that's a you know a, a fact in the matter that like the pens have bought into the system the goalies are playing well you know it's fun to watch a, a, a team that's well oiled like the penguins here um so yeah i think you know to smith you know maybe even could potentially add him in fantasy hockey uh, as a streaming option here. Uh, we'll see. Um, I might do it, you know, depending on what team he draws this week. Um, he might not even draw one. Who knows? So we'll see. I, I would definitely rather Jari play all three because he's my fantasy goalie, but we'll see. Um, second player to watch, or I guess third player to watch, is Chris Letang. Um, I, I really have no idea how the hell he came back in 12 days after a stroke, but I'm glad he's back in uniform, and I'm glad he's healthy. And, you know, I think Petrie filled in adequately for his absence. Um, but we'll see what happens with Latang back. I think Petrie actually kind of, like, infused that, the power play. Um, it, I think it's I, – I think I said this earlier. They're 8 for 21 with Petrie, you know, in the last six games. So, not bad. Not, last six games they scored a goal, so that's not bad. But definitely uh, – Latang has a you know the chance to be number one defenseman again. He was playing the second pair. We'll see what he does. I, I really hope you know he, he takes that step that I think he has still. Um, not not that he's had a bad season this year, but he's definitely not had the like the numbers that I'm used to seeing. He only has one goal and 11 assists through uh, 23 games, which isn't bad for most players. But most play, players aren't Chris Latang, so. Definitely another player to watch. Um, and keeping this on, you know, that core is Evgeny Malkin, of course. He's on a six-game point streak. Weird that the Pens are winning games. Uh, one goal, six, eight assists. And last night, he was the s- decider of that match. He he went Geno mode and cl- cleaned up on a, a pretty sweet, you know, drive to the net from Rust. Uh, there was 34 seconds left, and, I mean, I, he was pumped. And it, it's always good to see your favorite players you know, display that the good emotions of, of hockey, not the you know, Gino mad get penalty. You know, so good to good to see him and you know watch out. I mean, six game point streak, nine points, and once again, I've heard nothing about this. And like, damn, he's one of the best players. Uh, not hockey a hundred apparently, but Mister One Hundred One himself, which is bullshit, bullshit. Uh, but yeah. Take a take a look out for Malkin. He he could go off. He could you know he could put up over a point per game again, and I would not be surprised. I would actually expect that from him with how he's been playing this year. A a two hundred foot game too, better better than in recent seasons. I think he looks healthier and stronger than than he has before. Um, and my last player here to watch is uh, Pierre Olivier Joseph. Uh, Pierre Joseph has scored his first against the stars and that was a huge huge goal um and you know and that goal kind of highlights his recent success in the nhl i've heard 
plenty of time from from Sullivan just reading quips from him. Uh, he this coaching staff trusts him, and I think that trust is paying off. Um, he's he's finding that chemistry with other defensemen, with other players on the on the Penguins, and he can drive the offense when he's on the ice. He he is mobile as a defenseman. He's a fun guy to watch. Similar to Latang. Uh, he's definitely one of the better defensemen, two-way defensemen in the league, but you probably won't hear much about him. Uh, not yet, at least. And I remember it was uh, the Kessel trade where we got him. I remember being pretty hype uh, when we got him back. So I'd like to see him, you know, hit that hype. And right now I think he is. I, I think he's playing better than expected, uh, especially from like how he kind of struggled last year, at least. Um I, I'm, I'm going to definitely watch him a little more closely. Maybe the closest out of all of these players uh, this week, the upcoming weeks, because I'd definitely like to see him contribute more to the offense as he gets comfortable in the NHL in the system. Uh, but we, we but we will see. Uh, moving on here to the, the other news and the other stats here. Uh, Mike Sullivan, through 700 games, has 384 wins. It puts him eighth all-time at that point. Uh, John Cooper leads that category, and he has four. 426 assists or assists 26 wins in that in that time period so that's kind of insane um i mentioned petrie missing the upper uh, dallas game with an upper body injury hopefully he's not out long term i don't really know i didn't really see the injury uh but i wouldn't be i was actually kind of surprised he was on the injury report so i wouldn't be surprised if he came back pretty quickly uh um Lastly, just uh, the power play and uh, PK numbers. Power plays at 20.41. PKs at 82.42. combined. That's putting them above league average. Uh, Like I said, to get to that like higher end, uh, 109, 108, that's where you're really elite uh, special teams wise. So I think the pens can get up there. Uh, their, their, their PK is really good. And I think, you know, the only thing limiting them is their, uh, their power, power play itself. So we'll see where that gets with, you know, maybe Sid heating up here or who knows, uh, maybe PO Joe or Malkin himself. But I, I, I do think that their, uh, special teams could definitely get better. And if it gets better then you know, the penguins are going to be keep, keep winning, you know? Um, and to finish off this here uh, pod, I'm going to do the power rankings that I always do. Um, give me one moment as I share this screen. Here it is. There it is. It's shared. Um, all right. So start with the top here. I uh, got Bruins, uh, Bruins, Devils, Leafs, and Vegas. Uh, Leafs are on a three-game win streak. Devils are on a two-game losing streak. Nothing really moved here. I think Vegas actually moved to the, the bottom of this elite list. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I don't really expect these teams to leave that that section. I think they're four of the best teams in the NHL right now. Um, and with that being said, playoffs, I have the Penguins in the number one slot, touching on that elite category perhaps. Six-game win streak's tough, and they beat the Dallas Stars, who are right behind them in this order. Um We'll see their their schedule. They have the the uh, hurricanes and and the uh, sharks. God damn it! And the Rangers again this this week. So they got a pretty tough schedule. Uh, being the Panthers, I I would expect, but these other two teams, you know, could go either way. And uh, if they do get those wins, the nine game win streak, I I think they might touch elite. We'll, we'll see. Um, obviously, you know, the other teams will have more to say, but. We'll see. Uh, moving on, I had Dallas behind them. You know, haven't really moved very much. I think they're a top top ten team. Uh, same with uh, the Jets, Hurricanes, Lightning. Uh, most of these teams have kind of slid back because teams have slid in front of them. Um, Penguins, Stars, Jets, all have slid. You know, past these teams. I think they're better than the others in this playoff uh, bracket thing here. Um, I do have the the Islanders as you know the, that last spot, and I know in the rankings or in the the standings they're flip flopped with the Rangers, but 
not completely sold yet on the Rangers as much as I've been sold on the Islanders. And with that being said, <clears throat> the uh, the Rangers are first in that fringe division section, whatever. Uh, and uh, part of the reason I uh, hold on one second. Part of the reason I have them in that fringe is this: I'm not 100% sold. I, I do think they could be in that playoff bracket. Um, yet to be determined. I, I still think there's some issues on their roster. I wrote on this, uh, next is the, the Kings and I wrote fifth next to them. And that's because they're currently fifth in the, in the West and all of those teams that I've listed, there's, uh, only what one, two, three, four. So they're, you know, I, I, I feel like this is just showing that like the fifth best in the, the West is on par with what I think the playoff like wild card teams are in the East. So I feel like that just goes to show like really how, how it's, uh, you know, set here. I think the East is the better, better conference. Um, after the Kings, I got the wild, I got the Oilers. I think these teams are all pretty much interchangeable at this point. I got, uh, Detroit next. Um, and honestly they could even be, Maybe better than those teams, but I think they're just young and inconsistent still. Um, got the Capitals next on a four-game heater. We'll see. I mean, seven, two, and one last ten. One of the better teams in the last ten games. So we'll we'll see how uh, how good they actually can achieve here with the, all those injuries that they've had. Uh, Panthers, you know, they're in that fringe category and they're just sinking further back and further back. Um, Avs are there because of the injuries. Calgary's underachieving. Predators look bad. Montreal beating the, the the Calgary Flames, but still just looking like potential bad team. Um, getting into the bad teams, you got Vancouver, no surprise. Sabres, no surprise. Senators, Blues, Flyers, Sharks, just same old at this point. I don't even know if this list has changed, and I do change it every week. Like I don't know if those teams have, have ever even touched uh, beyond bad. Maybe the Sabres, but... Yeah, not 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 so much anymore. Um, and like I said, the Bedard the Bedard hunt here. We got Coyotes, Blue Jackets, Hawks, Ducks. Uh, man, these teams suck. I, I've talked about at least the the Hawks and Ducks here. I do think the Hawks are going to be the ones with the first overall pick, but we'll see. Uh, they can't get much worse than than right now, but we'll. <laughs> excited to see how bad it can really get i will say uh and and that's all i got here um for this week uh i just wanted to give a little bit of an update i don't think i'm going to be recording next week uh the 20th I, i'm pretty sure i'm not pretty sure 100 sure i'm going to be in florida going to be in florida i'm going to kind of take it as a vacation take a week off uh done this eight weeks in a row now i'm kind of impressed with myself i didn't really think I, I was going to get even past episode three, but uh, I get, you know, some support from my, my friends and loved ones. And I, I appreciate it. Appreciate anyone who really, you know, takes the listen. And next time I'm on, I, I expect to interview my, my friend, Joey. Uh, it'd be a good time to interview him during winter break, uh, especially because he's a busy guy. He's building rockets or some shit in Florida. So definitely an interesting person to, to talk to. And I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and with that being said, thank you for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you and let's go pens.